This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. For the first time in 124 games, the Raiders are shut out. They come to New Orleans with a great offense, and instead, it's the Saints defense that holds them to 181 yards. I apologize to Raider Nation for that performance, and uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's, That's my responsibility, so... We have to do much better, obviously, uh, in, in every phase of the game. That right there is embarrassing. That should never happen, especially with the group of guys in that locker room. You know, it, it sucks that we went through it. It happened. Got to take a look at ourselves, though, and really check, see how we want to go into this next game. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. We do it every single Monday. Monday Night Football will be on these TVs in a matter of hours. You'll see Cleveland going up against Cincinnati. Little AFC North battle, and uh, we'll be here for it. Monday Night Football in the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Raider Nation Radio 920 every single Monday night. This is Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I know emotions are running hot today. I know that Raider Nation is fired up, frustrated, upset, angry, disappointed. That's probably the, that's probably the nicest word I could say, disappointed uh, from that performance or lack of performance that the Raiders had on Sunday in New Orleans, losing 24 to nothing. And really, I mean, that was even a nice score. I mean, that, it looked like it could have been a lot worse than that. It was a bloodbath from the beginning. Uh, just the Raiders never got off the bus. I don't know if they ever got off the plane. They just was a no-show there in New Orleans, which is something that you just don't expect to see and something that if we're being honest, just really cannot happen. So obviously there's a lot of questions to be had, a lot of uh, questions that need answers, and that's up to the coaching staff, that's up to the players, that's up to everyone involved with the Silver and Black to go ahead and do that. And we're here to break it down the next few hours. We've got some really good guests to get to. And, of course, Raider Nation will let you sound off as well, 702-365-9200. Also got our text line at 69187, keyword r You can chime in anytime on the show if you – if you want to get a, get a question into a guest that we have, you could do that. Or if you just have a thought while a guest is talking, a great way to get it in is by way of the text. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, uh, if you're listening to this in the car and you want to go ahead and stream, make sure you check out the Raiders mobile app. I just had someone hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, I want to listen to the show, but I'm not in Vegas. Well, the Raiders mobile app. You can uh, click on that and just click on the little radio icon and boom, you're good to go. Uh, if you're on your computer, you can always go to lvsportsnetwork.com and click on Raider Nation Radio. 920 and boom you're good to go but I think the easiest way to do it is probably with the Raiders mobile app it's right there you click on it and there's a little radio icon and then boom you're you're in business so uh, here we go next three hours unnecessary roughness Raider Nation Radio 920 the guest that we have coming up on the show today at 2 30 our guy Sam Gordon from the RJ he's going to join the show he actually put out a really good piece that I read on Denzel Perriman and this was obviously pre-game this was before uh, the Raiders uh, had that whatever that was on uh, on Sunday against the Saints so it's going to be it's not really that great of a piece anymore because none, nobody from the Raiders stood out you know nobody from the Raiders outside of Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby looked like they were even out there really um, giving it their all and I know Denzel Perryman started off the game pretty well made a couple nice plays but Sam Gordon had a really good piece on Denzel Perryman so Prior to the game getting started, I reached out to him and asked him to come on the show. So he's going to join us to talk about that piece, but he was also there in New Orleans. So we'll talk about what he saw from the team or what he didn't see, where he thinks that they can improve. And this week they're staying in Sarasota, Florida. They are not returning to Las Vegas. 
We actually got to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels earlier today by way of Zoom, and that's how it's going to be throughout the course of the week. So folks like Vinny Bonsignor, they're staying there and, uh, and traveling with the team. Sam Gordon is traveling with the team, and others are traveling with the team as well, just uh, trying to cover them all week long as they prepare for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they'll be practicing at IMG Academy there in Florida. So Sam Gordon will join us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. Really excited about our 3 o'clock guest, Andrew Brandt, former VP of the Packers, sharp, sharp NFL mind. Uh, he's got a podcast out right now, Business and Sports Podcast. He's going to join the show just to talk about the NFL in general, talk about the trade deadline, talk about you know a new coach coming into a team and new staff and new system and expectations, especially when you're coming off of 10 wins and you're coming off of a playoff berth, you know, what the expectations should be because I put it out there when head coach Josh McDaniels was hired that there's no doubt about it that this team should do just as good as they did last year, winning 10 games, if not better. I mean, that was my expectations heading into the season, knowing that the talent that they brought into the team, and I know it's top-end talent. It's not necessarily uh, a lot of depth, but they brought in enough top-end talent where I thought, okay, 10 wins is something that they should absolutely do. Now you're looking at it. It's already... Halloween, and you're looking at a two-win team. So obviously a huge disappointment, not only for the players, not only for the coaches, not only for the front office, but definitely for Raider Nation because, again, this is something that I promise you I never expected them to be sitting there at 2-5 and five after seven games. So Andrew Brandt will join us. Of course, the trade deadline is coming up tomorrow. Already saw a massive trade. Roquan Smith was traded from the Bears to the Baltimore Ravens. That's a big one. I know a lot of Raider Nation last week called in and was talking about Roquan Smith. And, you know, if the Raiders would make a move, I honestly believe, and, and this is just a gut feeling, I honestly believe that any chance of them acquiring talent at the trade deadline went out the door with the loss yesterday. I don't think that they're in any kind of position to try to acquire talent. Now, Trade someone off? Sure. I could see that happening at this stage of the game, but I cannot for the life of me see them trying to acquire some talent at this stage of the game. It just, to me, is not worth it. I mean, even a, a Roquan Smith or a Jerron Payne or someone like that, I mean, what are they going to do for the team sitting there at 2-5 and five when obviously there's a lot more issues that they have than we probably were even aware of as of last week. So, uh, yeah, if they might move on from someone, fine. That's, that, that's something I could see happening. But as far as uh, trading for a player at the, at the trade deadline, I don't see that happen. I think that that went right out the door with that performance yesterday. So at 3 o'clock, we'll talk to Andrew Brand again, former VP of the Packers, very sharp NFL mind, has his own sports podcast out right now, The Business of Sports. He does a fantastic job. He's got a newsletter out. I mean, he's just doing the most, and uh, he, he'll, he'll, he'll join the show coming up at 3 o'clock. 3.30, our normal Monday guest, Ed Graney from the RJ. He'll join the show as well just to talk about the Silver and Black through seven games and what he's seeing from them and what he's not seeing from them and where he would like to see some improvement and what he thinks the hell is going on with the team right now. So Ed Graney will join us at 3.30. Uh, 4 p.m. This, uh, this is funny because normally I don't have a guest from the team that the Raiders just played, but it's so funny fr seeing what happened on Sunday. I have people still to this even the last few minutes, I've had people that cover the Saints texting me like, I don't know what happened, Q. I really don't know what happened as far as even the Saints coming out and performing like that because that was the least expected. That was probably the biggest surprise. Not only did the Raiders lay an egg, but the Saints went out there and just blasted them. Right? I mean, that was something that Saints fans and, and people that cover the Saints on the regular didn't expect to see. So I have multiple people that have hit me up. So we're going to have uh, Maddie Hudek. She's from the Saints Wire. She's going to join the show coming up at 4 o'clock. And I just want to ask her. It's only going to have her a few minutes. But just want to briefly ask her, what changed? What all of a sudden got them to play at that level? Or was that just an absolute, the Raiders just 
made that happen, made that performance happen for the Saints. So, uh, again, just a, a quick few minutes with Maddie. We'll do that at 4 o'clock uh, just because I need to know exactly what they're thinking on that end because if you had told me that that was going to be the outcome of the game, I would have told you that you were lying to me. <laughs> I was like, come on, man, stop fooling. You know, that's what I would have said uh, last week. But, obviously, we all saw how it all shook out on Sunday. So, Maddie Hudak from the Saints Wire will join us at 4 o'clock. And then at 4.30 – I got to give a round of applause to my guy, Damon, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Fully, fully Halloween costumed out, by the way, which I think is hilarious because uh, you're on the radio and can't nobody see you. But, Damon, go ahead and tell the fine folks what costume you're rocking right now in the studio. I am vengeance. I'm Batman Q, and you know what? It's the theater of the mind. The people, they at least know they can, uh, you know, at least picture it. You know, now that they hear my voice, see me as the Cape Crusader. You know, Q, because I'm the hero that Raider Nation needs. You might be. You might absolutely be. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not. I'm not doubting you at all. But I just think it's hilarious that, that DeMond is, is uh, definitely in his uh, Batman outfit. And it's so funny. He walked into the radio station today, walked in my office, and just stood there. And I kind of looked him up and down and looked him up and down again. And I was trying to figure out when the hell I was looking at. And then DeMond finally says, why are you looking at me like that? It's so funny because Jared, I just went in and I said hi to him a couple of, hey, how's the show today? He didn't even look up at me until least, you said something. Right. At least I looked up at you and I still, at that point, had no idea what I was looking at. I couldn't tell if that was Batman or a combination of the, of the, uh, the Penguin or I knew it was some Batman character. I wasn't sure what you were going for there, but obviously after taking a double look at you, it was obvious that you were Batman. But man, oh man. So DeMond is, uh, is, is fully embracing Halloween, as some folks at the building are. There's plenty of folks in the building that are. Uh, there's people like me that did not do anything. Uh, Sylvia in our promotions department, she put on some black lipstick. And I said, is that the extent of your Halloween costume? She said, that's it, Q. That's all you get. I said, all right, well, there you go. That was her, that was her uh, effort for her Halloween costume was some black lipstick. DeMond got the, the Batman fit, fit on. So at 4.30, DeMond, we have a very special interview that you did. Who would you do the interview with? Riley Smith, man. We were up at um, Centennial Toyota, both of us just cutting it up, hanging out. You know, people were more interested in his autograph than mine, but hey, you know, <laughs> chopped it up with him for a couple of minutes. There you go. Riley Smith of VGK, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, if you do not know. He actually scored his 100th goal on Friday while we were at Buffalo Wild Wings, so I thought that was really good. They had a big victory on, uh, on Friday, and look, they're playing some really good ball. Or I guess they're not playing ball. They're playing really good hockey. <laughs> I, I call everything ball, but yeah, they're playing some really good hockey right now. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was, I'm sure that was a fun little conversation. And so I challenged him on Friday to make sure he got the interview with Riley Smith. So DeMond did not disappoint. He made that happen. So at 430, we'll hear that interview, DeMond and Riley Smith one-on-one -on -one at the car dealership on Saturday. So there you go. We're locked and loaded, man. We got a lot to get to. Sam Gordon at 230, Andrew Brand at 3, Ed Graney at 330, Maddie Hudek at 4, and DeMond and Riley Smith are going to close us out at 430. Again, we're here at the Underground Lounge inside the, uh, or in, yeah, inside the, uh, under, the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here for Monday Night Football. It's our normal Monday spot. So uh, come on by and hang out with us. Pick up some of these great prizes that we have. We have some 2023 Hooters calendars. We got some baseball hats. We got a Hooters hat here. Uh, we got some Raider Nation Radio 920 cups and koozies. Uh, Hop Vegas, the, the official IPA of, uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders. We got that here for you. T-shirts. We got all kind of stuff to give away. And that's just what I like to do is give everything away. I've got this little... 
this little drawing here, and uh, you know, you got a little paper that you can fill out. I don't really like to do all that. I just like to give it away. So if you want something, come on by, get hooked up with it. We got tickets to all kind of different events as well. Uh, so we'll give you that as you know. We'll just like I said, if you come by and say what's up, we're gonna send you home with something. I promise you that. So come on by, hang out with us, Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Now that we got that business out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I know today is a day that a lot of folks are fired up, and look, there's been a lot of folks fired up even uh, yesterday, right? People were hitting me up on Twitter, sending me direct messages, you know, letting me know how angry and upset they were with the silver and black, and I totally understand. I totally get it. As a, as a longtime fan of the team, I understand exactly where you're coming from, so... Um, you know, the frustrations are understood. Uh, now, let's try not to, when we get feedback, calls in particular, let's not try to go off on us because, remember, we're not the ones calling the plays. We're not the ones failing to execute out there. That's not us. We're just the middlemen. So let's try not to take all our anger out on myself and Demond. But I understand the frustration. So we do want to open up the phone lines to you at 702-365-9200. Also, 69187, keyword r and Already got a bunch of texts coming through. We do appreciate that. But I want to just have an open and honest question and, and, and kind of a conversation back and forth, almost like a townhome meeting. You know, I mean, at some point when something's not going right in, in town, you got to have a you got to have a meeting down by the uh, by the courthouse. Right. Everyone gather down by the courthouse and everyone talk. What the hell is going on? So really, I'm just going to put it out there. Raider Nation, what, in your opinion, is the biggest issue that is facing the Raiders right now? Where is the biggest disconnect, right? Why are guys not on the same page? And when I say guys, I mean everybody. I'm not just talking about the defense. I'm not just talking about the offense. I'm not just talking about Derek Carr and, and Devontae Adams. I'm talking about everyone, from the coaches to the players. Nobody seems like they're on the same page, especially, and I don't want to overreact by, the, by, the, by one game, but I also want to realize it's game seven. And by this point of the season, I would think that there would be a little bit more continuity, a little bit more understanding. I, I feel like one of the biggest issues that we saw on Sunday was just the offensive line looked abysmal. They looked terrible. And I've been saying since, well, since forever that I thought it was a bad idea to have an offensive line by rotation, that you just can't get things done. Lincoln Kennedy joins our show every Tuesday and Thursday. And continuity is something that you have to have on that offensive line and it reared its ugly head you know there's been games where the offensive line has done a good job run blocking and it's been a little suspect in pass blocking but man it, it reared its ugly head with the pass blocking on Sunday Derek Carr got hit nine times Andy Dalton got hit zero you know we had so many people hit us up and said don't let Andy Dalton all of a sudden look like Joe Montana or turn him into some all pro well I'm not saying he was all pro but man he was damn near perfect on the day Taysom Hill was a big problem for the Raiders. Alvin Kamara, who said that, quite frankly, hey, look, we're going to go out there and whoop the Raiders' ass. Guess what he did? They did that. He did it himself. He was responsible for 18 points, which was more than enough to beat the Raiders on Sunday as they got shut out. So it just seemed like they were all, and they struggled. Let's make no mistake about it. It's not like they're the Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore led you know, Saints that looked like they were going to the playoffs and making a deep run. They weren't that team. I mean, they only got two wins on the season. They were giving up 29 points a game. They were giving up over 120 yards on the ground a game, over 200-something yards through the air a game. I think they were ranked, what, 30th in defense? And they pitched a shutout. 
So, again, when we have Matty Hudak on at 4 o'clock, I just got to, you know, like I said, I want to know what changed. Dennis Allen is their head coach. He's, you know, struggled out of the gates. But, man, when they picked up a victory, they sure picked up a victory, right? So when I look at the team and I look at the struggles, I don't know if it's the team hasn't fully bought into the coaching staff. I don't know if everything is just too complicated. But I'm so confused when I look around the league and I see success from other first-year head coaches, immediate success. I've brought up the Giants. I've brought up the Dolphins before. The Giants are sitting there at six wins. The Dolphins continue to win games. The Seahawks are winning games. I know Pete Carroll's not a first-year head coach, but, I mean, they're rolling with Geno Smith, and he's looking like the second coming of Rich Gannon. I I joked, uh, I think last week I joked, or maybe even a week before when I said, people hit me up and said, man, the heat reminds them of Rich Gannon. I was like, man, get out of here. Don't do Rich Gannon like that. I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see what other people saw a week or two ago. So to me, it, it, there's so many, so uh, I don't want to even say minor issues. There's so many issues that are compiling into one massive issue. And when you see a performance like that, and you're only as good as what, your last performance, right? When you see something like that, you, I mean, it's got to be a cause for concern. I thought this team, in all reality, was going to build off that win that they had on Sunday against the Texans, especially that fourth quarter where they shut them out 21 nothing. I thought, okay, they're starting to click now. Now they understand. Now, you know, they're doing what they do. Josh Jacobs still ran for, you know, 43 yards. He still ran for 4.3 yards a carry. He only got the ball 10 times, though. You know, they, they got out of the run game really quick as they, they got down early. So he's still continuing to fight. Crosby was continuing to fight. I know he didn't have any sacks and any hits on Andy Dalton, but he had a couple TFLs, a couple big tackles for loss. You saw him hustling around there. But, man, it just seems like nobody else got off the plane. I even question, hell, were they on Bourbon Street? Were they partying on Bourbon Street? It's one of those, it's one of those performances that my mom used to say back to me in the, back in the day when we'd watch a game, they'd be like, oh, they were out partying all night last night. That's, that's what it felt like. It felt like they were pulling a queue on Bourbon Street. It's like, hey, I'm staying out all night. I'm about to conquer the, the city. And I'm sure they didn't, but, man, it sure felt like that. So I'll just ask you, what do you think of the biggest issue right now? What is plaguing this team? Why can't they get things turned around? Win one game and then take an ugly L like they did on Sunday. 702-365-9200. Got a bunch of texts at 69187. Keyword R&R. We'll get to those in a minute. But let's go out to L.A. and talk to our good friend Lou. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. No, Lou, he's going, Q. All right, well, let's go to Raider Rondez. Raider Rondez, is that Raider? What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. What up, Q? How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. You doing all right? No, I'm not. All right. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I mean, just you personally, man. I'm just talking about you. I'm not, I'm oh, not talking yeah, about I'm the game. I'm talking about you. Like, are you doing all right? <laughs> Never mind, man. What's on your mind? <laughs> I, I've been better, you know. My mental state right now is probably as of the Joker, you know, watching football. Um... But, uh, you know, I just don't understand how they could just come out and lay an egg like that. Give me, hey, bro, wait one second. Hold on, man. I'm sorry. Hold on. Did he put us on hold? All right, we got to keep it pushing. Yeah, bro. that's we not gotta, how it goes around yeah, here. Yeah, man, we, we can't. Hold on, brother. You have to call us back. All right, uh, we'll try this again. 702-365-9200. Rich in Oakland, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? I got y'all. I got y'all. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this short, but how it, it's despicable. It's just embarrassing. It's just something. It's disgusting 
what this team has put us through this year and to lay a goose egg, it's just, man, I don't, I don't want to – we can't blame it on one person. All right, let me just get this off. Right. The defense sucks. The O-line should have been better. We should have done something better in free agency, all right? The running game, the only person who showed up this year is Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby, all right? So we know the defense has sucked the whole time Derek has been here. All right, it is what it is. Yesterday, we got blown out. You know, I said this year, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm going to give Derek a leash. I'm going to, you know, let's see if he can prove me wrong. He's getting blown out by 24 points, and you're on the sideline smiling, bro. Like, come on, bro. Well, what, what are you on, bro? The thing is about this guy, he's a great person, great human being. The thing is that he's a loser, bro. He's just a loser. That's what he is. He doesn't win football games. Every other quarterback in the league is judged on wins and losses except him. Always excuses, bro. Always excuses every time. Every single time it's excuses. We're going on year nine with Derek Carr as the quarterback. It's not all on one player, but it is in this case. Now people are turning on McDaniels, which is, you know, McDaniels deserves some smoke too, but this is first year and people are like, no, man. You know, we got to get him out of here and get a new coach and this and that. But what? Keep hard. So, so we're okay. Get a, let me you know? let me let me ask you this real quick. So, so the biggest disconnect for the team right now is just Derek Carr. No, the biggest disconnect for the team right now is that we paid a bunch of players that are not showing up, like Renfro, like Waller, like Jones, like you know what I mean. It's, okay. it, and it all falls on Derek Carr's shoulders in a way. Not not that they're not showing up, but it's the fact that he's not a leader. He's not like getting on at people's necks, like, bro, let's let's go. Let's you know, we're down twenty four points. I'm not gonna be on the bench just smiling, like, uh, oh, well, it is what it is. Like, nah, bro. It ain't all on Derek. I don't know how to like answer your question in the right way, Keith. No, I got you. But, I got you. But, I understand what you know, you're saying. But, yeah, no, I understand. Th- thank you for the call. I appreciate you. We just got a ton of calls, so I don't wanna just harp on one, but I understand what you're saying. And I'll say this, as far as the leadership goes. I didn't see any of the guys with C's on their chest getting mad and getting fired up and getting angry, right? I mean, that was one of my big things. Like, wait a minute, hold on. Who's the guy that's going to go and jump up and say, hey, guys, let's get our blank together? That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see that from everyone. Certain guys, you can't make be who they're not, right? And Derek Carr is a hell of a leader from not my, not my point of view, not my conversation, our conversation that we had all off season, all training camp, all – Last year when he was helping lead the team to the playoffs, he was a hell of a leader. But he doesn't lead in the way that you're talking about, the rah-rah way, which is the kind I prefer. I prefer the rah-rah guy. I like the – DeMond will tell you, I'm the guy that runs around the building fired up, right? I'm always fired up to the point where people have to pull me back. So I, that's what I prefer. So I'm like you, Rich. I prefer that. But that's not who he is. But if that's, if that's the, the case, where's the rest of the guys with the C's on their chest getting fired up? That's what I was looking for, too. It doesn't fall – leadership doesn't fall just on one guy. It falls on all of them. That's why they all have C's on their chest. So that's why I don't understand why none of them seemed like they were fired up yesterday. And I know Josh Jacobs, after the game, was pretty, pretty angry and said that everyone in the, uh, you know, in the game or in the, on the team should be practicing really hard this week and be pissed off. And Jake, Jacobs has that dog in him. He has that, that dog and that lead by example, but also at the same time speak up and fire up to, to his teammates. Everyone just doesn't have that. And I've always felt like the Raiders need a couple dudes like that that you're talking about. But Derek Carr, he doesn't lead that way. But I understand what you're saying. Thank you for that call. Good stuff. Fargo Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Demond. Thank you for taking my call. I'll bring a little levity into this. Everybody's all doom and gloom, even me earlier. So, Demond, 
Is it Adam West, Batman, Kilmer, Clooney, Bale? Who's the, which Batman, dog? Because there's, there's a play of Batman. Bale, man. He's the best Batman ever. All right. Yeah. Oh, DeMond's out here working the muscles. Good deal. Uh, happy birthday, Gorilla Rilla. And I'm going to say this about, about how the season's been going. You, I, don't, I know you're not a movie guy, Q, but DeMond might have seen this, and, and it's a football movie. So then the replacements, there's a scene where they ask what's everybody's biggest fear. The quarterback character says um, to to the to the guys, quicksand, you know, and everybody's like, quicksand? Why, why quicksand? You know, you're playing, you think everything is going fine. This is a quote. Then one thing goes wrong, then another, then another. And you try to fight back, but the harder you fight, the deeper you sink until you can't breathe, you can't move, you're in over your head. And I feel like that's where we're at right now in this season. We're trying you see them out there trying, doing things, trying to make some momentum happen, and that's not going. We're trying to fit it around, peg in a square hole. We're trying to change what guys do right. so that they can fit the, the genius that the, of the guy who came in. Man, you sometimes all you got to do is leave the leash go and let the dog do his job, man. It's a, it's a big hunting community out here. You let the dog go, and he gets the birds out, and then you shoot the bird. You let the dog do his job. You don't sit there and you try to get the dog to bark him out. You let him do his job. Why is Renfro being handcuffed? Why is Adams being handcuffed? I don't want to see it end around with Adams. We didn't bring him for that. He's not Jacoby Ford. We brought him in to be who he is. The second coming of, of Mr. Raiders touchdown Timmy Brown. So let him do that. Quit doing Quit hamstringing our guys. That's the biggest disconnect. We are too clever. Maybe dumb it down. Let the guys play fast, play aggressive. What do we have to lose now? The P word ain't even nowhere on the radar. So let's just get some, you know, let's get let's get some guys going. Touch- All right. Th- thank you for the call, my man. I hate to cut you off. I just, like I said before, man, I got a ton of calls. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet. And, you know, there's a lot of talent, a lot of top-end talent on the team. And, you know, you have to take the good with the bad, I guess. I mean, I, I question a third and one end around to Devontae Adams as well. But, you know, that's what... That's what Josh McDaniels fell fit when he called that play. I think, you know, you just let Josh, Josh Jacobs keep cooking because that's what he's doing. He's running downhill, so he could pick up that third and one. But, you know, when you go back and look at it, it looks like it would have been open if Colton Miller doesn't miss the block. But that's the thing. It's like you can get as creative or non-creative as you want, but if guys just don't do their simple assignment like Colton Miller missing the block, he shouldn't miss that block. Devontae Adams picks up a first down regardless of how you get it. That's And that's that's really my, my bigger, you know, question and even concern is the fact that it's disconnected even the simple things it looks like guys aren't doing correctly the offensive line how many guys whiffed yesterday on blocks miller james Illuminor, munford all those guys parham gets called for penalties i mean it's just it just seems like what in the world is going on so uh yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot of issues going on we'll continue to take your calls at 702-365-9200 also the text line at 69187 keyword r hit up the text line next because we got our good guy sam gordon from the rj he's going to join the show talk about what he saw while he was there in new orleans plus talk about denzel perriman and the pc put out this is rare nation radio 920 that was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're in the Underground Lounge 
here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every Monday night for Monday Night Football. You'll see Cleveland and Cincinnati taking on each other on the big screens here in a little while. So come on by, get some drinks, get some food, and get hooked up with some prizes that we have here at the table. Of course, we're talking about the performance that we saw or the lack of performance that we saw from the Silver and Black on Sunday. Got a bunch of texts to get to. Uh, one I want to get to real quick before we bring in Sam Gordon. Uh, this one's from Zeke in Bakersfield. He said, Q, the entire Raiders team is missing something. Picture a chef cooking a plate of food. If the chef does not add the salt or the seasoning to the food, it's not going to taste good. The salt and seasoning here is the entire team. There's salt missing in the D-line and seasoning missing in the secondary and the O-line. And the chefs are the coaching staff in the front office for not filling out the roster properly. It's just a big disappointment. I know my brother is yelling from heaven, and I'm with him. LOL. Zeke in Bakersfield. With that being said, let's go out to the phone lines now and bring in our good friend, Sam Gordon from the RJ. You can find him on Twitter at, at BySamGordon. And, Sam, thanks so much for your time. And I know you just heard that text right there. And you were there, man. You were there in New Orleans to witness whatever the Raiders put out there on that field. As far as you're concerned, man, what, what is missing from this team right now? Oh, man, you first and foremost appreciate you having me. But, but what isn't missing? I, I guess at least coming off of yesterday's performance, when, when you take a look at what the Raiders did, they, they, there's absolutely nothing. Um, that they did well uh, on either side of the ball. And uh, au contraire, um, the Saints were great on both sides of the ball, uh, pretty much executing whatever they wanted. So in terms of what's missing, I mean, a few things, right? Uh, obviously, the offensive line, uh, even though it showed some improvement, I thought, in the previous three games, it, it needs some fortifying there. And then you're, you're still a little thin in the secondary, um, especially without Nate Hobbs, um, who is developing in, you know, before our eyes into a premium corner. Um, in this league, not having him, uh, there's a huge void. Uh, again, I think um, as good as Max Crosby's been this year, and he's been one of the best defensive players in the league, uh, you still need a little bit more oomph up front, uh, a little bit more juice in your pass rush. It just hasn't been there uh, for whatever reason with Chandler Jones. It hasn't worked out. So uh, until they figure out how to manufacture some pressure and protect a little bit better, uh, it doesn't really matter what they do otherwise because that, that was a, those were, I think, of the utmost concerns yesterday uh, among everything else and uh, definitely – uh, major holes that I think even regardless of how, I don't know, quote-unquote well, I don't know if that's the right word given that they, they were one and four, but com- certainly compared to yesterday, um, they, they played a lot better amongst in the start. They were it, So there's a, a number of things um, that need fixing, and as we saw yesterday, um, those are two, two big ones for sure. Sam Gordon is our guest from the RJ here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Sam, one thing, I don't mind a loss because losses are going to happen. I don't think anyone's going to sure. go undefeated, even the Eagles who are undefeated. I don't think they'll end the season undefeated. But I have a problem when I don't see life. And to me, mm-hmm. and you were there, I didn't see life from the team, and that is more concerning than anything else. What do you think was the major issue on why there was just no life or energy or enthusiasm or no even like sense of urgency when it came to the team? Yeah, uh, yeah, Q, I think that starts, I mean, that starts at the top with, with, with the head coach, right, with Josh McDaniels. And uh, I guess to his credit yesterday, I mean, he owned it, you know, and acknowledged that he didn't um, do a good enough job preparing the team. And that was, I mean, pretty clear from the opening uh, from the opening kickoff and just kind of the way that the Raiders came out and started the game. But th- that's where it starts. I think there's also, you know, veterans in that locker room uh, that have been uh, a part of uh, different teams and been in different situations, a lot of ups and downs. And I think there's um, some accountability there uh, as well. But but first, I think first and foremost, given that the Raiders were coming off of uh, a victory uh, last week over Houston and with the opportunity that the schedule presented them with, with the Saints, again, they were one-point favorites, at the time of kickoff yesterday, a Saints team that at 2-5 and five, uh, before yesterday wasn't a premier opponent by any means. A number of 
uh, holes, number of liabilities, leading the league in turnovers, uh, towards the bottom of the league in penalties. I mean, you name it. This was not a good football team. And to come out with no plan, to, to make no adjustments, to, to nothing changed. I mean, it was lifeless in the first half, and it was lifeless in the second half as well. So, again, I think that, that starts um, at the top with, with head coach Josh McDaniels and then trickles into you know some of the leaders in the locker room. And it, it's just, and I want to be clear, it's not just on the, the coaching staff, right? I mean, the, the play, the, the, the execution on both ends, the, the play, yeah. even the effort level uh, wasn't good either. And I think there's no better play that reflects that than Alvin Kamara's uh, first receiving touchdown where you have three or four defenders, you know, had the opportunity to converge on him and nobody tackles him at all. It's just the effort um, wasn't there. So I, I don't know what's going to happen this week um, in Florida and Sarasota when the team's there. Maybe they need the week of the week away from the facility in, in Henderson and need to be on the road and kind of be together to shake some things up. But, but it was a lifeless performance and uh, I think the coaching staff knows it needs to be a lot sharper going into Jacksonville this week for sure. We're talking right now with Sam Gordon from the RJ here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Sam, when you were there at the game, could you sense in the atmosphere, was it one of those, hey, the Saints aren't losing? I know that's more of a college or a high school thing where you can just walk into the building and say, hey, man, this team's got it. The mm-hmm. place is rocking. Was it any sense of that with the Raiders? Like when they came out to such a slow start, were the Saints just more jazzed up than you could see on the sidelines or something? Or is it just unexplainable? Well, I'll tell you what, um, I don't know about in the early goings. You know, we know that the Saints have a good home crowd, that the, the Superdome is always rocking. It's one of the better atmospheres in the league. So I think the Raiders had to be prepared. I mean, maybe they weren't prepared. I think that's something that you, you have to know about going in. But, but as the Raiders began to struggle and as the Saints began to, I guess you could say, excel, um, once the game wore on, the crowd definitely got uh, was, was more and more lively and started breaking out the hoot at chance and, and really got into the game. And, and I, I don't know. If it was tilting or, or exactly what what dynamic that created or what effect it had, uh, but you could see, uh, being there yesterday and it was my first time at the Superdome for a Saints game. I mean, you could definitely it was definitely a unique atmosphere and, and a unique culture around supporting supporting the team, and and, and it, it picked up throughout the course of the game, and, and it got to be the point where uh, you know the Raiders. I mean, it, the crowd definitely sensed that the Raiders had absolutely nothing that they engaged in celebration. So. Yeah, I, I think that definitely played a, a role. But either way, um, Demond, if I mean, good crowds—that's part of football. You, that's going to happen, and it's not an excuse for for melting. I think the way that the Raiders did throughout the course of the game and just having absolutely nothing. But no, it was definitely uh, a vibrant atmosphere, and I, I do think that. I mean, how could it not help the Saints, especially on the defensive side of the ball when the crowd is, is, is making noise like that? And I'm not trying to look for excuses. I'm not trying to make any excuses. Uh, but I'm trying to come up with solutions and answers. So when I see no energy and no life from the team, does any of the illnesses that was going through the locker room, does that have anything to do with, with some of the guys? Like even if Devontae Adams didn't look like he was into the action on Sunday. I mean, maybe. You know, maybe. I, I'd certainly, it certainly didn't help anything, right? I mean, just having, having something like that go around the locker room and having pivotal, pivotal players – uh, Miss practice time, but but still, I don't I don't I don't think that was the you know the big cause of right. of anything like that. It just seemed like the Raiders had no had no real plan, whereas the Saints had a, a kind of a clear game plan on both sides of the ball. The, the Raiders just had nothing and then no adjustments, no counters, and it got to a point there where it just seemed like they were content. I mean, I know obviously the goal is to get first downs or whatnot, but it, it felt like it was pretty predictable. Hey, three plays and a punt. Uh, they were just atrocious on first downs yesterday. I think twenty five yards on twenty one plays. Average of 1.19 yards. My, my colleague Adam Hill and I spent about 15 minutes adding everything up and checking the totals to make sure that was correct. But they were playing behind the sticks uh, on so many, starting so many different drives. You just got the sense that they were going to get nothing going. And sure enough, 
that was the case. So I don't think that was a, a, a big reason, but it, it did, I'll tell you what, it definitely didn't help. I'll tell you that. It was just another added factor to, to whatever we saw unfold there on Sunday. 24-0, Saints topped the Raiders, and Raiders hadn't been shut out since 2014. And, uh, yeah, there you go. That happened on Sunday. Again, we're talking with Sam Gordon from the RJ here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, when I hit you up, I actually hit, hit you up because I saw your piece on Denzel Perryman, who started the game when the Raiders got their first, like, three and out or whatever. I thought, okay, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a really good performance by the defense. Perryman going to ball out and man it's going to be a great conversation with Sam well we know how it all shook out but your piece (laughs) on Perryman was really good and really talking about what he brings to the team and you know the energy he provides and him being one of the guys that wears a C on their chest so as as you were doing you know your research and putting that piece together man what what stood out to you the most about what Denzel Perryman brings to the table normally outside of what we saw yesterday yeah, I mean, I think just for the most part, uh, especially here in Vegas, he's a guy that's that's comfortable with, with who he is and is unapologetically himself. And when you're at this level, um, that guys notice that. Guys pick up on that, and I think that's why um, they, they've gravitated towards him here in Las Vegas especially. And he's a guy who you know, has endured some injuries throughout the course of his career. He was, a all, I think, two- or three-time All-ACC player at Miami and a second-round pick. So there was, there was a lot of expectations, you know, high expectations for him. Just never quite found it um, in L.A. and San Diego, even though – he, he, he had flashed, obviously, what he was capable of, but, but with the Raiders, he's just been a dynamic fit, somebody they've been able to plug in um, to the middle of the defense, brings a lot of fire, brings a lot of energy, I think 150-plus tackles um, last year, and just super valuable when he's out there. Um, and, and to your point, just kind of about bringing what, what he brings, Q, I didn't make it into the locker room um, yesterday just because of the way that the elevator was. It, it took me a while to get downstairs, um, and, and when I got downstairs, it was just in time for, for Josh McDaniels to start his press conference. But Adam, of course, came, was, was canvassing the locker room, and he had mentioned um, that, that Denzel Perryman was one of the players who, who seemed to, to you know, be more, the more, more agitated by the loss and was reminding um, his teammates, hey, remember what this feels like. So uh, even in, in the face of a, you know, an egregious loss like they had yesterday, um, there's still a lot of hunger on, on his side um, anyways. And that's what he's brought to the locker room the, the last two years, really an impact player and somebody that I think guys – um, respect because he can be who he is. He's comfortable with who he is, and that, that rubs off on, on other players in the locker room. Yeah, you mentioned how comfortable he is and being who he is. I remember during the offseason he mentioned, hey, if you think that I can't cover as well, how about you go out and show me how to run some routes? So he's aware of his limitations. Do you think that he like he can improve more as a player? Does he realize those limitations and want to get better? I know every player wants to get better, but do you, do you think that he has a ceiling on where he could be as an NFL player? Yeah, I mean, I think I think right now, I mean, at 29, we're we're seeing the best of we we're seeing the best of Denzel Perryman as we speak, and you know, like like you said, like you alluded to, Demond, he's a tackling machine, and cover, coverage isn't his strong suit, and that's where I think as a coaching staff, your job is to you know, figure out how to put players in a position to maximize their strengths and to mitigate their weaknesses. And going to yesterday, I mean, there were too many times where he and other linebackers were isolated on Alvin Kamara, who, of course, is one of the best, not just one of the best pass-catching backs of, of this era, but one of the better, more productive pass-catching backs in NFL history. So those are situations that aren't, aren't favorable um, for any linebacker, let alone one, like, like you said, like Denzel Perriman, who understands his strengths and weaknesses. So uh, I think, again, we're seeing him at his, at, at, we've seen the best of him uh, but last year, and we've seen some of that this year as well, and it's, you know, it's on the staff at least as long as he's in Las Vegas, to, to lean in his strengths and find out a way, uh, do, do a better job at least mitigating um, his weaknesses, certainly a better job than they did yesterday because there were far too many times that Alvin Kamara was running free or 
other receivers were running free and no pass rush whatsoever. So nobody looked, nobody was going to look good yesterday. No, and that's why it's hard to talk about a player after the performance yesterday because, like you said, mm-hmm. nobody was going to look good. Final question for you, Sam. As you mentioned, as long as he's in Las Vegas, he's in the final year of his deal. I know he wants a contract extension, and he's 29, like you mentioned. What do you think's in the cards? Do you think Denzel Perryman is brought back on a on a one-year, two-year deal? What do you think? Or do you think maybe he's uh, he's playing his final days with the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I think if there is something, if there is something um, where he returns, I think it would probably be something more short-term. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, given how he's played, especially last season, I know he's dealt with some health stuff this season. Um, even at 29 going on 30, there's, I mean, there's plenty of room um, in the NFL for pro- productive linebackers who can tackle like he can and who can play the run and, and who brings um, the intangibles that he brings to the locker room. So whether it's with the Raiders or whether it's somewhere else, uh, I mean, there, I have no doubt that he's going to find a place to fit in. But it, it's certainly... I mean, there, no deal has been done up to this point, right? And like you said, we know he's wanted that. So uh, I, I, I think it's far from a certainty um, that he comes back to Las Vegas, but I do think there's a chance maybe on something short term. Right, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you what, no matter what, we'll enjoy him while he's here because he is a, a guy that I've, you know, kind of gotten to know. And he's, uh, you know, obviously he brings a lot of juice and enthusiasm to the mm-hmm. team. Uh, and they could have used a little bit more of that juice yesterday uh, from him and maybe not having him match up on some linebacker and on, uh, on, on Alva Kamara uh, and, and all those guys because that was not a very fair matchup. Well, Sam, great stuff as always, my man. I know you're, uh, you know, with the team in Sarasota, going to be going on and doing everything in Jacksonville. So we'll continue to cover you. Uh, follow your coverage of the team while you're there uh anything you got coming out that we should be uh, on the lookout for um not nothing spectacular nothing like currently on the docket queue but i did um i had the chance to spend a little bit of time uh last week last week with bishop gorman zachariah branch number one wide receiver in the country his brother zion obviously uh a top safety recruit who's at usc right now as well that's where zachariah's committed so that story ran yesterday um, in addition to our Raiders coverage in the Review Journal, I'll be, I, I tweeted it out earlier, and we'll be sure to pump it again. So had a great time um, hanging out with him. He's a great young man, and he's going to do huge things at the University of Southern California. Yeah, he is. He's been on the show a couple times, man. That's a good dude right there. Of course, he's got the family ties uh, with Cliff Branch, who's now in the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame. So, uh, yeah, real good dude. So that's a piece I definitely go have to go back and check out, retweet, and make sure Raider Nation gives it a, a view as well. Sam, great stuff as always, my man. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. All right, thanks, Hugh. Anytime. Talk soon. Take care. All right, brother. There you go. Sam Gordon from the RJ. You can find him on Twitter at by Sam Gordon and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. 2.46 is the time. We're inside the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Monday Night Football, Cleveland and Cincinnati will be on the TVs in just a little while. Come on by, get a good seat, get some good food, get some good drinks, and of course, take care of, uh, take advantage of some of these great prizes that we have here at the table. Again, the Underground Lounge is the spot with Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 2.51 is the time. We're here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Underground Lounge for Monday Night Football. We do it every single Monday night. This is our spot, so come on by, hang out with us, get some great drink specials, food specials, and enjoy some football action as they close out Week 8. Uh, and also, the World Series is going to be on a little bit later as well, Game 3 between the Astros and the Phillies. So uh, multiple games going on on multiple TVs, and you could be a part of it. Just uh, come on by and hang out. Been throwing out the question, what is the biggest issue you feel is facing the Raiders right now? Why has it been such a struggle to get everyone on the same page? And what I mean by that, I don't just mean the execution. I just I feel like it's the buy-in. I feel like it's everything. I, I just feel like this team right now is not quite a team. They're a bunch of individuals. And for you to be a really good team, you have to be exactly that. 
I have to know that the guy next to me is going to do what he's supposed to do, and I have to know that the guy in front of me is going to be able to do what he's supposed to do so we can all do it, and they've got to be able to trust me as well. And it just feels like everything is not on that same page where everyone is on this, you know, doing, doing what they're supposed to do, and, and the other guy next to him has a lot of belief in him. And, of course, that does, as Sam Gordon just talked, talked about when we talked to him, it starts with the top. It starts with, the, you know, the coaching staff. They've got to instill that into the players, and the players have got to buy in. And, you know, I'm always willing to see how it develops and don't want to rush to judgment and don't want to overanalyze something or overreact to one bad game. But that was one real bad game. That was one real bad game, and the Raiders know it. There's a reason why Josh McDaniels apologized the minute that he, uh, you know, he took the podium after the game. Just was bad. Got a text from Raider Allen, Georgia, 69187, keyword R&R, Q. Paid Carr, paid Renfro, paid Waller, paid Chandler for what, two and five? You know, I was there. The only people with energy was Raider Nation, and there was a lot of us. Tired of Josh McDaniels' pressers saying he's sorry. Is he our guy? And thank you, Raider Al, for that text. I do appreciate you. Only time will tell. That's not an answer I can give you. Only time will tell. I know one thing, and we'll talk to Andrew Brandt in just a few minutes, former VP of the Packers, Sharp NFL Mind. He's got his sports podcast. It's not healthy to get a coach and remove a coach and get a coach and remove a coach and get a coach and remove a coach. That's not healthy business. It's, it's, it's bad as far as continuity goes. It's bad for trying to stay on the same page. It's like you, you've got to – and I don't, know what the, I don't know what the right answer is. I, I can't tell you that there's a certain time limit or a certain time frame. You know, I, I just can't. But – I just know that if you try to go one and done, one and done, one and done, or just immediately, you know, remove a guy because it's not starting out the way you want it to, it's just, it's just a bad recipe. It's tough. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Shields Up. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? How you doing, Q? Chilling, man. Chilling. Thank you for taking my call, as always. Yes, sir. Um, last time I called, I just want to reiterate what I said before was that it, you know, it's a work in progress, all, all three phases. We're not there yet. Yeah. And uh, we got some growing pains to do. Now, that being said, we need a plan of correction, and the plan of correction comes from the top. Now, we're at two and five, and I understand the excellence and those are struggling <clears throat> and everything else. So what the bottom line is, I think, in my opinion, is character and leadership. With those two things... I think we can uh, get the X's and O's together. I think there is a gap between the starting roster and the depth chart behind them. I think um, we're struggling in that, in that phase. But um, it was a terrible loss yesterday. There's no doubt. But as your, um, as your caller said, it starts at the top with a plan of correction. Maybe he has to sit down with the captains. And then the captains have a team meeting. You know? Right. Uh, there's no doubt. Football is a hierarchical uh, uh, organization, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, what do you think as a little back and forth here? Yeah, no, I, I think you're on to something. You know, thank you for the call. And, yeah, I think that that would be a good idea, especially while they're in Sarasota, right? <clears throat> while they're away from everybody else, all the distractions of being here at home and having family and this and that. While they're all together, maybe the captains do need to be all sat down with and say, okay, look, I need you to be an extension of me on the field because that's what the captains are supposed to be is an extension of the coach and the coaching staff on the field. And it looked like on Sunday, 
And I know that was just one really bad game. I don't want to say that that was the whole season because it wasn't. But it just didn't look like there was any, any leadership from anywhere. Like it almost looked like players were looking for leadership and they couldn't find it. It's almost like when you're out there on that island by yourself and you're looking around for anyone to help you and there's just no one that's going to show up. It just felt like that that was the case. You know, and I know Josh was running hard. Again, I mean, he still averaged 4.3 yards a carry. And I know Max was trying to do everything he could, but it was only so much he could do. Let's see. Let's get, a, uh, let's get another text real quick from the 707. Raiders' main issues from top to bottom. Offensive line talent, secondary talent, linebacker talent, quarterback talent, play calling, defensive line talent. That's the whole damn squad. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, every, that's every position outside of wide receiver. You know, and, of course, tied in, but you could just put those in as pass catchers. He said, I can't blame the DL, the defensive line, when the secondary and the linebackers can't cover the first two seconds of a play. These aren't double moves being their defense. They are getting beat by basic route concepts and make below-average quarterbacks look really good. You know, one of the big things that, DeMond, you've mentioned it so many times that we'll take a break and get to Andrew Brandt, the middle of the field continues to be wide open. And I didn't come, come in and just, like, start firing up on the defense for giving up 24 points because the offense didn't even pass midfield until, like, two minutes left in the game. So I don't want to just put it all on the defense because, obviously, it's, a, it's, it's multiple units. But that, when you're looking at the defense and you're just squarely paying attention to that, the middle of the field is still wide open. Like, I, I feel like I could complete a pass to you. Now, I know I can't, but it just feels like, you know what I mean? It just feels like it's that open that you almost could. Oh, you don't want to, I thought you were going to respond. All I right. want to go to break. <laughs> well, damn, I just, I, I teed him up. I teed him up for a great response, and he just leaves me hanging, man. Take that Batman outfit off. You ain't no Batman, man. <laughs> Jeez, you're like the Joker. 2.57 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two. Andrew Brandt's going to join the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Rear Radio 920.